Now let us turn to page 781 for the reading of Psalm 47. Let us read responsively. Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord the Most High is to be feared. A great ruler over all the earth. Who subdues peoples under us and nations under our feet. Who chose our heritage for us. The pride of Jacob whom God loves. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of the trumpet. Sing praise to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our ruler. Sing praises. For God is the ruler of all the earth. Sing praises with a song. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The prince of the people gather the princes of the people gather as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God, who is highly exalted. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 21, reading from the New Revised Standard Version. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now they were devout Jews from, there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in their native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own language, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, 
Let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams." Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of God for the people of God. Let us join our hearts as we bow together in prayer. Oh God, we come as those disciples of old, those who had experienced Jesus in the flesh, those who witnessed his death and his resurrection. And as they did in that upper room, we await your spirit. We pray with expectation. We long for your power to be revealed and for all to know that you are the God of the universe the God who gives life, the God who secures life, the God who blesses and curses, the God who reigns forever and ever. We come to worship you. Even as we worship, we wait to hear your word, to experience your presence, to know your will to see evidence within our world that you are alive and well and you are active throughout the earth, throughout the universe, to bring your will into being, to make us the people you call us to be, a body of Christ, continuing the work of Jesus himself, teaching and healing and blessing, But without your spirit, we are nothing. And forgive us when we either fail to acknowledge your spirit or else we take your spirit for granted. Forgive us when we are puffed up with our own pride and when we are so confident that we forget to ask your will and ask your blessing. Forgive us when we are so humble that It goes beneath a humble spirit, revealing in us a cowardice and unwillingness to obey and respond. You are quick to forgive, and your forgiveness was completed on the cross of Calvary. But we want to receive it and accept it anew in our own lives so that our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our wills, our total person 
may be ready to receive your spirit, your Holy Spirit. Let your fires burn to purify. Let your spirit move to create anew in us the love and the faith which were in Jesus. We pray in his name and we pray as he has taught his disciples when we say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. these lessons first from Romans chapter 8 verses 22 through 27. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what is seen? 
But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And from the Gospel according to John, verses 15, chapter 15, verses 26 to 27, and chapter 16, verses 4 through 15. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me, yet none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the, he will prove the world. And when he comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because they do not belong, believe in me. About righteousness because I'm going to the Father and you will see me no, more, no longer. About judgment because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you. But you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into the truth. For he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The word of God for the people of God. <clears throat> what do we know about the Holy Spirit? Now, uh, Joy's already preached the first part of my sermon. Because we know a lot about spirit. School spirit, uh, all the, the spirit of, of the Preakness or uh, the Kentucky Derby, uh, all the spirit of NASCAR. Now, there's one I can get into. Uh, there are a lot of spirits in this world. And, uh, and yet, there's only one Holy Spirit. Now, the thing is, between all those things I first mentioned and the Holy Spirit, there are other spirits that we might think are more holy. And 
it's kind of difficult sometimes. I mean, after all, you look at the church of Jesus Christ, and, uh, you know, we're considered some of the quieter Christians. And there are those others, and, and some Methodists who would raise their hands in singing and prayer. There are others who experience the gift of tongues to this very day. And when the Spirit comes on them, they speak in other languages. And then some of those persons might be slain in the Spirit and fall to the floor. Uh, The Spirit comes in many ways. And within the church, we have many expressions of God's Holy Spirit. Now, when do we know it's the Holy Spirit working on us? We may not always know. But have we spent our time in prayer? Have we spent sufficient time in prayer to fully open ourselves to God's Spirit? And to uh, be honest in our request that God's Spirit would be with us? Or do we sometimes just offer a prayer and dart away before the Spirit can catch us? Do we sometimes just uh, say a prayer sort of half-heartedly and hope that God's Spirit will protect us anyway? Don't know. You know, one of the reasons the church takes the Holy Spirit so seriously, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Actually, next Sunday is Trinity Sunday. We've entered the season of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, but uh, I'll remind you now that we, we, we understand God in, in a Trinitarian way. God the Father, or the Creator of all that is. God the Son, Jesus, the Redeemer, the one who dies for our sins, and, and God, the Holy Spirit. Now, it, you know, in my, my mind, it, it's easy to see that God and the Holy Spirit are all one. It gets a little more troublesome when we realize that Jesus lived on this earth like one of us. And as our creeds all say, he was fully human. So how could he be divine? And yet what we saw in him is that part of God that would be in each of us. And that makes the Trinity. Now, when we're questioning the spirits, or maybe not questioning so much as just examining and looking at those spirits, one, uh, one test would be, is the spirit... The same as that which was within Jesus. Does this spirit lead me and guide me to do the things that Jesus would be doing? To live a life that Jesus himself would live? Uh, You know, even a church can get uh, bent out of shape sometimes and uh, go its own way. We can... uh, Neglect the word or bend the word, and uh, oh, any any number of ways we can claim our own 
goals and our own priorities as those of God. So it, it takes some careful examination, and it, it, it takes time in prayer. And, and we take our prayer to a different level when we come together as church, and believe it or not, even when we form committees. Because uh, committees and classes are sort of the same thing in that they're places where we consult with one another to see how God speaks to us as individuals and see what commonality comes from that that would be God's guidance and God's direction for us. Um, in the ministry, we've always uh, talked about the Lone Rangers, those, uh, those pastors who, you know, just kind of ignore the conference in the district and the other pastors in the area. I, being in uh, Copper Hill and being, uh, you know, the last outpost of the Holston Conference, sometimes I feel almost like a Lone Ranger. But uh, truth of the matter is, pastors are are never alone. We've uh, we've got other pastors, and we're with the congregation. And uh, God may bring a special vision by a pastor or by any one of you. That would be something for us to consider and something for us to uh, put on our calendar and make part of our ministry and our program. Um, I know that uh, the, uh, the community meal didn't just start right here with all the churches participating. It, it started elsewhere and then uh, found a home here. And so God works still in mysterious ways. I firmly believe that when we pray and ask God's Spirit to, to guide us, that uh, we will find direction. Sometimes we only see it by hindsight. Oh, so that's what that was. Oh, so that's where that came from. Um, the other thing about the Holy Spirit... We can't control it. It ain't no way. And sometimes we must be willing to be controlled by God's Spirit. Now, I don't know that God would expect us to do that without some mental consent. Say, okay, God, let's go. I'd like to think that's more, more likely than God just suddenly... You know, we got those stories where Philip was in one moment, he's, he's with the eunuch, and next minute he's off in another country. Uh, God's Spirit does surprising things. I've taken some comfort in this over the years. You know, I uh, never thought I was the best preacher in the world. But I always hope that uh, God can use whatever I put out here for God's purposes. And uh, somewhere between my lips and your ears or from the recesses of my brain and the center of your thinking, God might inspire us 
to live more faithfully and to live the faith more courageously in all we do. Now, later in the New Testament, the writers will say, well, uh, you, you test things by the Spirit. But I, I'm suggesting that sometimes we test the Spirit to make sure it's the Holy Spirit. We can do that with prayer, and we can do that with confirmation of Scripture, and we can do that with confirmation of fellow Christians. So take advantage of those opportunities. And uh, let us, on this Pentecost Sunday, open our hearts and open our minds and open our lives completely to God. Now, one last catch. We think of the Spirit coming into us. But the Spirit's much bigger than that. And sometimes we step into the Spirit. You get that picture? It's not just a matter of having the Spirit in here. It's a matter of coming into God's Spirit. Um, we may never witness a, a day like Pentecost with tongues of fire. I was up on a mountain one time, uh, actually taking my Sabbath Sabbath time to go up, uh, up, up on a high mountain. And uh, I was reading there one day, and all of a sudden I heard what sounded like the rush of a mighty wind. And I looked up to see what it was. And, and there was a bird, a pretty good-sized bird, and its feathers were spread, and it was, it was just stalled and was lighting in a tree just over the edge of, of that peak. I'm sure it was a peregrine falcon. But, uh, you know, I thought, well, God's Spirit is as real as, as that bird and uh, whatever the disciples felt that day and heard that day, uh, you know, we, all, we always use things from nature and uh, things we're familiar with to try to describe what's unfamiliar. When we are able to work together, with, with smiles and laughter and share together with tears, when we're able to give our support to one another, um, when we're able to uh, help Louise get a meal together to serve more people than she probably expected. Where'd Louise go? <laughs> when, uh, when, when we're able to uh, feed more people with uh, less than what we thought would be adequate. Uh, well... You know what I'm saying. God's Spirit is present. May our eyes be open to give witness to God's presence and to receive God's Spirit. Amen.